0: Greetings, Seamheads, and welcome into the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rockies-centric podcast powered by Mile High Sports. I'm your host, Anilo Piro back at it with the latest installment of this 20th and Blake podcast here to give you guys the news and notes of your Colorado Rockies as they finish up a pivotal seven-game road trip, including a series against the Atlanta Braves and rounding it out with a four-game set against the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll dive into that for sure here in a minute, but first, if you're a fan of our work at Mile High Sports, one, you're going to want to go to MileHighSports.com and just check it all out. If you consider yourself a fan of the Broncos, the Rockies, the Nuggets, the Avalanche, the Rapids, the Buffs, the Rams, you know, even the Outlaws, all these lacrosse teams and and all these other teams that we have in Colorado, you're going to want to go to myliesports.com. We are your number one stop for all things, all-purpose Colorado sports. If you're into reading, if you're into podcasting, if you're into long-form features, short-form features, breaking news stories, uh, columns, we have it all at myliesports.com. so you're definitely going to want to check it out. And let me just give you guys a little bit of an insight of our Rockies coverage. I, I mean, we, my, my partner Luke and myself, we've really ramped up coverage here this season at myliesports. We have takeaways following every single game. and it, It's not just your typical recap. We are trying to take a look beyond the headline. You know, we're trying to follow the trends that this team is uh, is currently on and whatnot when we write our takeaways. So we consider our takeaways to be, you know, some of the most in-depth reporting following games um, this Rocky season of all the media outlets around Denver. And that's not to discredit anybody else, but we like to go above and beyond and we really want to dig down to the nails and bolts, the nuts and bolts of this team and, and really give you the fan uh, as good of a perspective as possible on uh, on the intertwinings of this Colorado Rockies club game in, game out. So if you if if you like reading recaps, if you like understanding why the Rockies have been performing a certain way, following trends, you're going to want to check out our takeaways on myliesports.com. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Um, something that we've really put a lot of uh, emphasis and effort into to start this season, and we're looking forward to continuing it throughout the year um, as well. We have our feature articles, which go up just about every day, every other day as well. Um, picking a storyline that's surrounding the team and kind of expanding on it for your enjoyment, you know, a short, a nice short feature there for you guys to read on the daily just to give you guys, um, you know, a little bit of the off the branch take of what's happening in the Rockies world. You know, I kind of wrote a critical article of the team here a couple days ago talking about how they need to get their act together if they want to make the postseason in 2019. And, and I'll talk about that here a little bit later in this podcast as well. But listen, I, I the first one of the season was interesting for this club and that's kind of what i decided to dive into and you know looking at the dodgers and some of these other teams that are going to be vying for postseason spots in the national league i I just think the rockies need to pick up the slack a little bit so if you're interested in that definitely check out milehighsports.com In addition to this podcast you know you can find us on spreaker on itunes and of course at milehighsports.com we have these podcasts coming out every other day every two days or so so you know usually in a say a three-day period you're probably going to get four or five different pieces out of milehighsports.com whether that be podcasting, takeaways, features, columns. We really try to cover all the bases here in regards to our Rockies coverage, and we really hope that you guys tune in and and keep up with it because we do put a lot of effort into this stuff. And listen, I'm not trying to be a homer or being biased, but I do think we have the best coverage out there. I really do. I I think, like I said... We cover it from top to bottom, all around the bases. And if you consider yourself a diehard fan, I do think that Mile High Sports is your one-stop shop for all things Colorado Rockies. And not just the Rockies, but all things Denver sports. So do me a favor. Go check out MileHighSports.com. Leave a comment on the article. Um, if you're a fan of my work, you could follow me on me, uh, on the social media sphere, Twitter, at MediaByAP, and on Instagram, at AVP.media. Um, I just started this Instagram really just around the start of the season. going to be doing some fantastic giveaways, some T-shirts, some bobbleheads, some rally towels all that stuff. So if you want to get in on the giveaway stuff, be sure to follow me on Instagram at avp.media. I also have morning briefing posts that go out every single morning now talking about the Rockies and what lies ahead for them that day and beyond. So if you're into that, again, on Instagram at avp.media or if you want to follow me on Twitter where I'll kind of tweet my thoughts throughout the game, you can follow me there at Media by AP. But let's dive into this Rockies club. Uh, An interesting one to say the least. Uh, The Rockies today coming out with a victory versus the Milwaukee Brewers are a really clutch one, winning today eleven to six. So they put up twenty two runs combined in their last two games. So eleven runs in Wednesday's victory and eleven runs here today, and really just a, a fantastic way for this rock for this Rockies club to end this road trip. Um, it was really just an awkward seven-game period, because they started off with two consecutive blowout, not blowout wins, but two big wins against the Atlanta Braves, winning game one, eight to four, game two, nine to five, and then dropping three in a row, and to be honest with you, that last loss in the Atlanta series was inexcusable, between Tyler Anderson, who I'll talk about, and Sung Wano, um really just blowing uh, the potential sweep against Atlanta there for the Rockies, so really unfortunate, and some of that negative momentum carried over into the first couple games of that, of that Milwaukee series, and Oh, I know a lot of Rockies fans probably had some flashbacks if you were watching that Milwaukee series, man, because those first two games were just pitiful offensively for the Rockies. I mean, their starting pitching was not phenomenal either. Harmon Marquez, which I'll talk about as well later on, was good and then kind of crumbled late. But the Rockies in the first two games of the series just really, really struggling, putting up a combined four runs in those games, losing Game One five to uh, yeah five to one and Game Two three to four four to three. So. There was a little sense of panic. You know, the, the Rockies had been hot before this road trip, started it off with a couple good wins, and then they slid into a three-game losing streak. And, you know, it, no one was really sure what the how the Rockies were going to perform in those last two games in Milwaukee, given their struggles against that club and also just their inconsistencies of, as, as a whole. I mean, the Rockies' offense is so hit or miss. And, I mean, you know, when they're hitting, they're firing around all cylinders and they're putting up, you know, 22 runs in two games. And when they're missing, they, they really just are... Pressing for any runs at that point. Like I said, four runs in two games in the first two games of that Milwaukee series. So um, a little bit of hot and cold from the Rockies on this Seven game road trip, but at the end of the day, they do finish it with a record of four and three, so that's a positive record. And it's really a credit to them because when I was watching them in the midst of that three game losing streak, man, it, it was tough. You know, I, this team, for whatever reason, had reverted back to the NLDS last season. Um, you know, a, a really bad memory for a lot of Rockies fans considering how poorly they played. And those trends that were, you know, apparent at the end of last season. Tended to come back and you know they, we've seen them a couple times now here throughout the early uh, early going of the season but a credit to the Rockies for snipping the snake's head off and, and really getting back on track with those two wins to end the road trip and now come home from a pivotal nine game homestand which we'll definitely dive into as well um, one thing that I wanted to hit on was the bullpen. And to me, the bullpen, you know, it's been a little bit of a crux for the Rockies. It started off really strong and it's kind of been hit or miss now for a little bit. And I, I honestly thought they were a lot worse than they are. And as of yesterday, they, the Rockies actually had the third lowest bullpen earn run average um, with a 3.46 mark in the National League. So not as bad as I thought they would. Maybe the eye test was fooling me here a little bit, but there's no denying that the Rockies bullpen has not been rock solid these past few games. I mean, they're giving up walks. They're giving up key base hits. Um, they, they just don't, there's not a lot of confidence. It's just, it's kind of a revolving door right now in that bullpen outside of a couple guys. You know, Carlos Estevez has been up and down. Mike Dunn is the same way. You know, two guys that the Rockies are really relying on to step up this season have both struggled. Um, granted, they're still missing guys like Chris Russon and Jake McGee, whose returns are, you know, still a little ways away. Um, but the bullpen has been, it's just been a roller coaster ride, you know, and that's definitely frustrating. I mean, the Rockies today, I believe they scored seven runs in the first couple innings, and the fact that they only won 11-6, to six, you know, I know that the offense got going, but if, if, if the Rockies would have scored those seven runs and then not score the rest of the game, it's a 1-1 victory, you know, and you can't expect an offense to put up 11 runs a game, and some of this also does fall on the starting pitchers as much as it does on the relief pitchers, but the relievers just, ugh, there's, there's a certain feeling that trickles down my spine whenever I see certain guys coming in. Um, not Brian Shaw, though. You know, Brian Shaw was about as bad as you Get last season, he's really bounced back nicely for the Rockies. So just wanted to throw that out there because I think the bullpen play has been a little shaky here lately. The numbers might not say it, but listen, they got to start locking innings down. One, two, three innings, double plays, the whole nine. They really got to start getting some positive footing here moving forward, um, especially in this pivotal nine-game homestand which is coming up. Let's just recap the starting pitching performances because, like I said, not a lot of good stuff from the Rockies on this road trip. I'm just going to focus in on this Milwaukee series because it's the most recent sample size of all the guys. Um, I'll actually I'll do one game from the Atlanta series because that was Tyler Anderson's last start or the, his his previous start yes and he will start Game One against the Diamondbacks on Friday and Anderson has really struggled this season he has an ERA I believe of 11.46 I know it's over 11 that's 100% guaranteed Anderson struggled in that series finale against the Braves throwing 4.2 innings allowing four hits five runs while striking out nine batters. And um, also walking four. So the walks were an issue for him. And it's just really, it's going to be interesting to see how he performs on the mound come Friday because this is a a make or break start for Anderson, in my opinion. I I don't think the Rockies can continue to trot him out there if he's going to keep throwing, you know, giving up five runs and, you know, less than five innings pitched. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. So it will be really interesting to see how Tyler Anderson um, bounces back, if he does at all, in this uh, game one against the Diamondbacks tomorrow. So. Definitely going to be something to want to keep an eye on, but let's talk about this uh, this Milwaukee series here for a second in the starting pitching perspective. Kyle Freeland made his return from the injured list after dealing with a blister on his throwing hand. He was okay, not phenomenal. Did manage to go six innings, allowing six hits, surrendering five runs while striking out three. Again, two walks. I know it's not a massive number, but those walks are killing the Rockies, and there's been a lot of them here recently. Um, so, Listen, it was Freeland's first start since coming back from the injured list. Obviously, you have to cut him a little bit of slack, but he has not been as dominant as he was last season so far. I mean, there's definitely been some flaws in his game. Maybe that was due to the blister. You know, I know for the a couple starts before he went on the injured list, the blister was really bothering him. So... Let's give Freeland a couple more starts and then really, you know, accurately kind of critique where he's at this season, but not great from Freeland, but good enough, even though the Rockies did lose, but he did, he was able to go six innings, which is definitely a positive sign. Moving over to Herman Marquez, who, had, who was in charge of the uh, starting pitching duties for Game 2, was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal in the early going. I believe he had a perfect game, at least through the first four innings, if I remember correctly, before... Really just ending. He ended up crumbling late. Marquez was the only starter in this Milwaukee series, and including um, Anderson's start versus Atlanta, to not surrender a walk. He ended up with a line of seven innings pitched, allowing six, six hits and four earned runs while punching out six batters. So, you know, good stuff from Marquez, except for the end. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big Marquez guy. I do think that he is the best starting pitcher in the Rockies rotation. So um, he did crumble there at the end. You know, you don't want to see that, but he was really, really solid for the majority of that start. And listen, the Brewers are just in some sort of way are the Rockies kryptonite outside of, you know, the divisional Los Angeles Dodgers. The, The Rockies really have struggled against the Brewers in recent memory. Um... You know, even including that National League Division series as well. So, um, especially at Miller Park, too. The Rockies have really struggled at Miller Park overall, um, you know, here in recent memory as well. So, it, definitely some interesting trends there. And it's good. That's why it was such a positive for the Rockies to escape with those two wins in convincing fashion because I was kind of able to, to knock the cobwebs off of that and whatnot and, and really try to establish some positive momentum now as they come home to a nine game homestand, like I've been saying. Um, let's recap John Gray real quick. He, he had the ball today. He was again okay if this was a close if the Rockies had not scored seven runs in the first couple innings you know this would not have been a good start for Gray he um, goes 5.2 innings allowing seven hits five runs while uh, walking two batters and kaying nine so the nine strikeouts a big number for uh for John Gray, but again, you know, the, the runs and the hit totals not great for him, and the, the inability to at least go six innings is something that I think is, you know, a negative in that sense. He was close, but he didn't get there, um, and those are like the little adjustments that we're waiting to see from John, you know? The ability to escape the big inning, the ability to go six-plus innings, and, and really kind of, I don't want to use the term ace, but develop into a consistent starting, a consistent quality starting pitcher for the Rockies, which I think he absolutely can do. He's already demonstrated as well throughout the early portion of the season, so this is kind of the Second consecutive stinker start for Gray, so let's definitely keep an eye on that as that continue as we continue to progress throughout this season. Because I think he's the most critical component of this Rockies rotation. If John Gray can dominate and go out there every fifth day and give the Rockies a quality start, I think they are smooth sailing moving forward this season. I, I, like I said, the National League is going to be tough this year. You know, the wild card is not going to be as easy to attain this year as it was in years past. But I think you know starting pitching is going to help push the Rockies back into the postseason if they do get that far. And I think Gray is a critical component of that. Um, finishing up here with the Milwaukee series, Antonio Sensatella going just four innings, allowing four hits while surrendering two earned runs, three walks, and two strikeouts. Senza only goes four innings, and I remember Bud Black took him out because he didn't want him to face the heart of the Milwaukee Brewers lineup for a third consecutive time. A wise decision, um, but again, you know, he, he Sensatella's biggest knock has been his ability to go deep into games, and you know, the two earned, his stat line doesn't look awful outside of the innings pitched, but his, his stuff was just, it's not, it wasn't great in that start so um, another guy that the Rockies are hoping will develop in the back end of that rotation along with Tyler Anderson and John Gray to really try to lock things down you know when, when Freeland and Marquez are not on the mound. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, probable pitchers versus Arizona. Like I said, Tyler Anderson's going to get the nod in game one, followed by Kyle Freeland in game two and Herman Marquez in game three. Really big series for the Rockies going up against Arizona, a divisional opponent. And this entire homestand, to be honest with you, is massive. They're playing three divisional opponents. They're bringing it. They have Arizona coming to town here for the first series followed by the San Francisco Giants and the San Diego Padres and this is a really big opportunity for the Rockies because they're currently sitting at 15-17 and 17 on the season which is good for 4th place in the National League West the Dodgers have not yet run away with the division they're sitting at 20-13 and 13. but listen if, if they want to catch them they're going to have to you know, step on the gas here a little bit so definitely an interesting trend to follow um, with a big, big homestand coming up with two teams that are above them in the standings and the Padres and the Diamondbacks coming to town so an opportunity for the Rockies to make up some lost ground here potentially. So, um, definitely want to keep an eye on that. Like I kind of alluded to, the Rockies' offense season high 11 runs on Wednesday, followed by 11 runs in the victory today. And that was the first time that the Rockies have scored double digit runs in a road game since 2009 versus St. Louis. So, you know, really, really good stuff from the Rockies' offense. Obviously, I don't think. T- no, there's no way that there's any players from that team that are, you know, currently playing on the Rockies now. Uh, maybe Chris Iannetta actually, maybe, but he's on, he's on the injured list and didn't contribute. Um so definitely going to definitely some good signs for the Rockies here so far you know and, and kind of how i the, the whole theme of this podcast really is kind of the hot and cold nature of this team you know they really started off the season in the gutters got it going here the last couple of weeks and that three game losing streak kind of put brought them back down to earth but now a two game winning streak entering this pivotal nine game homestand so Definitely going to be some exciting times down at Coors Field here this next week and a half or so. Um, when I get, you're definitely when I gonna, you're definitely going to want to keep an eye on a lot of this stuff. Um, some interesting trends as well. Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story really starting to get going offensively. Ian Desmond can, can, um, continues to be doing a better job of lifting the ball as opposed to you know hitting it on the ground. David Dahl healthy. Ryan McMahon healthy. The complexion of Daniel Murphy as well. These are all trends that are going to that we're going to continue to observe here as the um, you know second full. month of the season is underway now here on May 2nd. So some really, really interesting trends. This is a, this is a team that could be really good, guys. They, the Rockies could be a really good team. It's just a matter of putting all the pieces together and, you know, getting quality starting pitching, quality relief pitching, and really just all-around positive hitting. You know, three facets of the game that the Rockies have been excellent at individually at certain parts of the season. We just haven't really seen it come together, you know, every single game so far. And, you know, that's not going to be the case over the course of a 162 game season. But listen, for a team with postseason aspirations looking to get back to the postseason for the third consecutive season. We're looking for strides. And you know, the first 2017 was good. You know, they got in, they lost to the Diamondbacks. It is what it is. Last year, they get in and and knock the Cubs out and then they fall on their face against Milwaukee. You know, the, this next step is a difficult one to be able to get back to the NLDS and then contend for the NLCS. You know, this is going to be it, there's a lot of maturity that's going to come into this if they do end up making the postseason and making that leap. You know, I think they're the Rockies are at a point where they're at the Wall. You know, are they going to be able to get past the wall or have they peaked with their performance? So, Blackman, another year old, or older, I don't know. There's a whole lot of factors that go into this stuff. So, the Rockies, like I said, 15 and 17 so far this season. And I think this homestand is absolutely pivotal. Nine games. All against division opponents, you know, minus the Los Angeles Dodgers, but a really, really solid opportunity for the Rockies to get going. Um, Like I said, they'd scored 22 runs in their previous two games, blowing out the Brewers in both of those. So there's momentum is riding high entering this homestand. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how this team responds, especially with Anderson on the mound in game one. So Luke is going to come back with another podcast here on Saturday, and he'll kind of fill you in with, uh, you know, after those couple games against the Diamondbacks to see where they're at and and take the temperature of the water, per se. Um, So definitely, you're gonna want to check that out. You're definitely, like I said, myliesports.com. All of your Rockies content is gonna be there. Your Nuggets content, your Avalanche content. You know, they're both in the playoffs right now as well. So check us out at myliesports.com. Follow me on Twitter at media by ap and on Instagram at avp.media if you want to stay up to date with my work as well. Would really appreciate a follow on there. Feel free to you know rate, comment, subscribe, all this stuff. You can find the 20th and Blake Podcast online at MyLifeSports.com, on Spreaker, and on iTunes. So be sure to check that out, guys. We really appreciate all of your listenership and interaction with us here at MyLifeSports.com. But that's going to do it for the latest installment of the 20th and Blake Podcast. We'll talk to you later.